0: In fact, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 3, he says, I passed on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. And it was because of the cross of Christ that we are no longer at the mercy of the kingdom of darkness. The Apostle Paul said in Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed, conveyed us into the kingdom of His Son, or of the Son of His love, depending on what translation you look at. Verse 14, In whom we have redemption through His blood. That's referring to the cross of Christ, the forgiveness of sin. So I want you to notice that we were delivered from the power of darkness. Amen. And I want you to notice that we are no longer under that power and at the mercy of that power. And that is what is so important and what was so significant about what Jesus did. So what we're going to do today is we are going to take a little journey in the Gospels. In remembrance of what Christ did on this day, we'll begin reading in Luke chapter 22, verses 14 through 20. Now this is the night before his arrest, uh, when he, him and his disciples were... Um, having their last meal together. It's called the Last Supper. That's why it's the Last Supper. Okay? And uh, we begin reading in verse 14. It says, Then at the proper time, or when the hour had come, Jesus and the twelve apostles sat down together at the table. And he said to them, I have looked forward to this hour with deep longing, anxious to eat this Passover meal with you before my suffering begins. For I tell you now, that I won't eat it it again until it comes to fulfillment in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks for it, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I will not drink wine again until the kingdom of God has come. Verse 19. And he took bread and gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Now at this time, Judas leaves them. He's um, in order to betray Jesus to certain religious leaders who have murder on their mind and are looking for a way uh, to end his life, especially after he identified them. Remember in John 8:44, he said, You are of the father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. And he he reveals, he says, he was a murderer from the beginning. And does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Now, this in itself clearly shows us who was actually behind the murder of Jesus Christ. And it was a devil. And all those willingly under his influence. Did you get that? Okay. See, the devil can't force anybody to do anything. I don't care what you've heard. Because if that's the case then you won't be held responsible for your actions. You can't be held responsible for your actions. Amen? Alright. But little did either know what God was really up to because uh, of the, what the Apostle Paul says here. He says in First Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 8, For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So they didn't know what they were doing. They were playing right into God's hands. And see, this is the thing you need to know. That God is so exceptional in the way that He can order events that even when people think they're doing harm to you, even when they think they've got the upper hand, He'll always turn it around and work it to your advantage. Amen. Let me just say this: a lot of times God will allow, a tr- uh, you know, for the devil to build something just so He can backfire on him. So you know, don't ever stand there and watch something being built aimed at you just allow them to build it god's looking after it see it doesn't it won't work until it's fully built and it's interesting god doesn't stop the building of it but he'll make sure it doesn't hit you amen all right anyway moving on so following the last supper after judas had left jesus encourages disciples to love each other and goes on to make the most Uh, one of the most definitive statements ever recorded in all of Scripture, that is in John 14 and verse 6, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And that was a really key statement. And just three verses later, he goes and reveals who he really was by saying to Philip, remember Philip says, show us the Father? And he says that anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So we see two things here. Jesus says, I am the way, amen, to God. And the second thing he says is, if you want to see God the Father, you're looking at Him. Because remember that the three of them are one. Now, there are three individuals, which is really interesting, but they come together as one. In other words, they can occupy the same space at the same time. But isn't that who you are? Spirit, soul, and body. All occupying the same space at the same time. And when your body is buried, your spirit and your soul leave it. Amen? Remember the the rich man and Lazarus? And when he was buried, and then the next thing, he looks up from hell. So if he was buried, how can he be? Amen? Okay, so there's more to you than what you can see. All right. After this, Jesus and his disciples get up and leave to go to a garden called Gethsemane. Now... This is brought out in Matthew chapter 26. So we'll continue reading on there. It says, And Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two uh, sons of Zebedee. um, And he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, or your will be done. Then he came to the disciples and found them asleep and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Watch Now watch in verse 41. He says, Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. The Spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. So that's where that came from. <laughs> okay, Everybody quotes that, but yeah, now you know what the context of that is. Uh, so much of the time, can I just say this, when you need to be in prayer, is probably going to be the most difficult time to pray. Did you hear what I said? Okay. And notice what Jesus says. He says, watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation, which means if you don't watch and pray, you'll enter into temptation. Your watching and praying is the defense against temptation. Interesting, isn't it? Alright, and notice he says, the spirit indeed is willing. See, your spirit wants to do these things, but your flesh fights you. In other words, your flesh is weak. <laughs> okay? And whiny and carries on. Anyway, continuing on. Again, a second time he went away and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, no, this is the second time, right? Oh, my father, if this cup cannot pass away from me, unless I drink it, your will be done. So, Jesus is really struggling with this because it is. See, a lot of times we think it was the cross. And yes, it was the cross, and it's horrific, and anybody that's seen. You know, the crucifixion uh, uh, movie, y'all know. Okay. Uh, But there are things missing in that too. But anyway, uh, it was good for what it was. But the thing is, what we don't understand is it was far more than just the cross. See, Jesus knew, even though theologians today fight it and carry on about things, Jesus knew that the price had to be paid on two levels. All right. In, In Leviticus, it talks about two goats. Alright, one would be sacrificed and one would be sent into the wilderness. And he had to do both of those things. There were all types of what was going to happen. And it amazes me how people miss this stuff because of their theology. Because they don't want to believe it and it doesn't fit in their little box. So they get rid of it. Amen. And the thing is, you need to understand that a price was paid on two levels. This is the reason why you can't just go and, you know, get hung on a cross and pay for your sins. Because it went much further than that. Do you understand what I'm saying? A price had to be paid here and in hell. And he did both. Anyway. Let's move on. And he came, and that's the reason why he's saying, If this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink your will be done. Then he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Now Luke adds this: he says, exhausted from sorrow, which makes sense. Now, verse 44. So he left them, went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. This time, however, in uh, his account, Luke says, Luke 22:43, uh, that an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Isn't that incredible? Now that we have a little understanding of angels, we can, we can just imagine the kind of angel that would have come and strengthened him. Amen. Okay. Verse 45. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Does that sound like his disciples today? Lord, I'll wake up and pray. No. Okay, we're still asleep. He says, behold, the hour is at hand and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Verse 46, rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. And even as he said this, Judas, one of the 12 disciples, arrived with a mob that was armed with swords and clubs. Now listen to this. They had been sent out by the leading priests and other leaders of the people. So this isn't the Roman government. Okay, so the soldiers that are coming to arrest Jesus are the temple soldiers. Now we need to understand this. So this, the Roman government has nothing to do with this. They don't care. Jesus isn't a threat to them. And we're going to see this conflict when we get to Pilate. And, uh, which is quite incredible. Alright. So it says in verse 48, Judas had given them a pre-arranged signal. You will know which one to arrest when I go, go over and give him the kiss of greeting. So Judas came straight to Jesus. Greetings, teacher, he exclaimed, and gave him the kiss. Verse 50, Jesus said, My friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. Then the others, so these are the priest gods, grabbed Jesus and arrested him. Now, in John's account, we have a little bit of an extra uh, thing added on, um, and gives us a little bit more insight, which I love. It says in John 18 and verse 4, Therefore, Jesus therefore, knowing all these things that would come upon him, went forward and said to them, Why are you, uh, Whom are you seeking? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus said to them, Now in the English versions, it says, I am he, but the he doesn't exist. Alright? He literally said, I am. That's one of God's names. John 18:6. When he said to them, I am, they drew back and fell to the ground. That's how much power was still there. Okay? Okay? <laughs> Let's continue because this power is going to be demonstrated in just a minute. And Luke 22, so do you all understand he allowed himself to be taken? You know, after he said, I am, and they all fell, he could have just walked off. Amen. You all need to know this, you know, because they're going to make a statement when he's on the cross. Let's see if he can, you know, get himself off of there. If, if Isaiah would come or whatever and get him off. He, right here, he didn't even need to go there. Right here, he, he had the upper hand. Amen? Now, we need to know this stuff. Anyway, uh, Luke twenty two forty nine. 49. When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? Interesting, isn't it? They had swords too. We, we kind of need... Because we portray the disciples and Jesus as this meek, mild little, you know, and they walk around and, and, and they're so fragile. And, are you kidding? You know, first, that's why they didn't tell Peter about Judas. You know, because Judas would have had an accident. He fell on the sword backwards six times. <laughs> hello <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say <laughs> we would never find the body you know? <laughs> yeah with the fishes you know Pete's a fisherman you know take the boat out at night <whistles> they, what, Judas who you know <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I think he left <laughs> never mind <laughs> anyway back to this we, we, let, let's have a look verse 50 and one of them we know Peter now struck the servant of the high priest Cutting off his right ear. So, you know, Pete didn't get a sword from somebody else. He pulled out his sword and he went for it. Especially since they all fall down. You know, Pete said, we got the upper hand here. Let's take a few of these guys out. Especially the one that came from the high priest and the one that's standing in front. Okay. But Jesus answered, no more of this. Watch this now. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. You you all understand what happened? He took the ear off the ground, stuck it back on his head, and healed it back on. I wonder if that soldier continued on. Would you, after such a miracle? I think he would have dropped his sword and walked off and said, this is not right. You know, they all knew, man, they knew what was going on. So following this, Jesus allowed himself to be taken. And according to Matthew 26:50, it says that then the others grabbed Jesus and arrested him. Now what follows is the furthest thing from justice. Matthew chapter 27 verses 1 and 2. And very early in the morning, the leading priests and other leaders met again to discuss how to persuade the Roman government to sentence Jesus to death. Isn't this amazing? Alright. Then they bound him and took him to Pilate, the Roman governor. Now sadly, in the meantime, Judas realizes his mistake and goes and hangs himself. Verse 11. Matthew 27. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the Roman governor, that's Pilate. And the governor asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Listen to what he says. He asks him this question. This is a very significant question. Because something is going to result from this. Alright, so he asks him, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus replied, yes. Okay? Now he goes on to say, it is as you say, but he did say yes. Do you understand? So in Pilate's mind, he sees him as the king of the Jews. The Jews hate that. They think he has blasphemed. And the last thing they want him to be called is the king of the Jews. All right. Anyway, verse 12. Now watch this. Pilate asked him a question. He answered it. But when the uh, when he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Do you know why? Because they were lying about him every step of the way. They were biased. They were not listening to reason. Why answer somebody that's not going to listen to anything you say? Do you understand? It's really interesting. He didn't try to defend him, himself against those he knew wouldn't be open to listen to anything that he said. And all that would end up, would, you know, there would be an argument going on. And I could just see Pilate sitting there going, Can you all take this outside the palace? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Okay. Now, then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. He's just shocked at Jesus just not saying anything, because he's used to people carrying on. And Jesus stands there being accused of these horrendous things, and he says nothing. Lesson to be learned. The person that's quiet isn't always the guilty one. Anyway, now it was the governor's custom to release one prisoner to the crowd each year during Passover celebration. Anyone, they, that is the, co- the crowd, wanted. Remember, it's not the governor's choice, it's the crowd's choice. We're going to see that in a minute too. All right. This year there was a notorious criminal in prison, a man named Barabbas. As the crowd gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, "Which one do you want me to release to you?" Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah?" I love that. See, he says, "Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah." He didn't need to add that? He is trying to remind them of who he is. This is not even a Jew. <coughs> Verse 18. He knew, listen, he knew very well that the Jewish leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. He, even he knew these people were hypocrites. These are religious leaders arresting an innocent man out of envy. The thing that the Bible says don't do. Get it? Okay. Verse 19. The, just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife... Send him this message. Leave that innocent man alone. Because I had a terrible nightmare about him last night. Now even Pilate's wife is getting into this. So there's Pilate saying, you know, Jesus, the Messiah. And his wife is saying, don't touch this. Amen. So both of them now are against what is going on. Can I get an amen on that? Okay. Meanwhile, (laughs) I love this. Verse twenty: The leading priests and other leaders persuaded the crowd, persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. Did you get that? Okay. Verse twenty-one: So when the governor asked again, "Which of these two do you want me to release to you?" the crowd shouted back their reply: "Barabbas." But if I release Barabbas, see, Pilate's going to put this right on them. Alright? He says, what should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Again. Okay, he doesn't need to do that. All he needs to do is, what do I do with Jesus? No, Jesus, who is called the Messiah. And they all shouted, crucify him. Wonderful crowd. I wonder how many of them he healed, by the way. Anyway, verse 23. Why, Pilate demanded, what crime has he committed? But the crowd only rode the louder, crucify him. And Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere and when that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water. I love this. And washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of the blood of this man. The responsibility is yours. Now listen. And the people all yell back. I'm in Matthew 27, We will take responsib- responsibility for his death. We and our children. So many people say, well, you know, the Jews have suffered so much through history. Now you know why? That's right. The stupidity of their ancestors. They said, we'll take this responsible law and our children. I mean, why bring your children into it? Amen. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead whip and turned Uh, him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. Now this event had such an effect on Pilate and his wife, that it is believed that he and his wife later became Christians and why the Gospels actually record his objection and his wife's involvement in all of this. Documentation has since been found to show that Pontius Pilate was actually considered to be a saint by the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Interesting, isn't it? So obviously something happened, okay? Alright, so following this. See, can I just say, when he said Jesus who is called the Messiah, if you confess Jesus as Messiah, you will be saved. He kept saying, he said it twice, it wasn't once. huh? Twice he said, this is a Messiah. What do you want to do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? Get it? I reckon Pilate just got saved then. Probably didn't realize what happened. Uh, understand something. God isn't trying to keep you out of heaven. Despite what some preachers might say, He isn't trying to keep you out. Amen? He, is, he, he wants everybody in. You just need to receive what was done so that you can come in. That's all. End of story. Okay, so following this sad and terrible series of events, it goes on to say in verse 33 through 37 then they went out to a place called Golgotha, that means Skull Hill. The soldiers gave him wine mixed with bitter gall, but when he tasted it, he refused to drink it. After they had nailed him to the cross, the soldiers gambled for his clothes by throwing dice. Then they sat around and kept guard as he hung there. A signboard was fastened to the cross above Jesus' head, announcing the charge against him. It read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews." Pilate did this on purpose. Remember what he asked him. Remember the question? Are you the king of the Jews? What did Jesus say? Yes. So you know what? Pilate knew he was, all of this was done out of envy. So how does he strike back? He takes that exact thing that Jesus acknowledged that he was and stuck it over his cross. You know, Pilate really stuck it to them. You know what I'm trying to say? By sticking that on there, he was letting them know he objected to what was going on. He didn't agree with it. It was disgusting to him. His wife even knew this was not right. I mean, a Gentile woman. Once again, it says, the charge against him read, this is the charge against him. It wasn't he, you know, he was a murderer. He was a robber. You know, it was was a thief, whatever. It says, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Now, there's a lot of stuff in there, by the way, and I don't want to go into it. So again, Pilate did this on purpose, to show his objection to what the Jews had done. And it worked, because the Jews reviled when they saw it. And they demanded it be taken down, and Pilate, but Pilate said, no, not doing it. What's been put up there, stays up there. Amen. Besides that, prophecy demanded it. Amen. Matthew 27, verse 45. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. At about three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now, the reason he had to say that was to show that he was no longer both God and man. Because God can't die. Have you all noticed? Okay. So the only thing that could happen, this is why Jesus had to be all God and all man. Because if he was half God and half man, when God left, there'd be half a man left. (laughs) Do you understand? It's called the hypostatic union. So that when he separated himself from God, because he had to die on the cross as a man, not as God. He had to be as perfect as God, but die as a man. Because a perfect man gave it all up. A perfect man had to take it back. Do you get it? Okay. And that's the reason why he says that to let us all know he was no longer connected to God and that God part of him was no longer there. So he could die. All right. Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. And one of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a stick so he could drink. But the rest said, Leave him alone. Let's see whether Elijah will come and save him. Then Jesus shouted out again and he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain in the temple tore. Uh, was torn in two from top to bottom. This thing was thick. And notice where it was torn from top to bottom. Do you understand? There was a huge angel there. He stood and he tore it. You know what it was signifying? That there was no longer a barrier between God and man. Revelation 5-9, and they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood, out of every t- a tribe and tongue and people and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Praise God. That was the result. Amen? And this is the reason why as a New Testament believe, uh, priest before God, We can now go to God at any time and confess our sin to Him. According to 1 John 1.9, which says again, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Returning to Matthew 25, verse 51. Watch what happens now. The earth shook, rocks split apart, and tombs opened. This wasn't a normal death. You see, a lot of times people think He just died on the cross. A lot of stuff happened when He died. To let everybody know this wasn't a normal death. Do you hear me? And it says the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. And after Jesus' resurrection, they left the tombs and cemetery, went into the holy city of Jerusalem and appeared to many people. I would love to preach on this. Anyway, so some extraordinary things were happening. And you need to get this. All right, the person didn't just die, stuff happened. And in fact, this is the reason why it says um, "Yeah, in verse 54, the Roman officer and the soldier, other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake and all that happened. And they said, truly, they said, truly, this was the Son of God. Isn't that incredible? These are not Jewish. These are Gentiles. Because of what they witnessed. They knew something extraordinary had just happened. Alright. Let's conclude. In Matthew 27:57, As evening approached, Joseph, a rich man from Arimathea, who was one of Jesus' followers, went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. And Pilate issued an order to release it to him. See, Pilate is on his side. You know, I tell you. Mind you, if the religious asked for it, they wouldn't have given to him. <laughs> okay? Just say, Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a long linen cloth. Verse 60, he placed it in his own tomb, a new tomb, which had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a great stone across the entrance as he left. Now this was another fulfilled prophecy. This is in Isaiah 53:9. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had, had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Now as to what happened next during those three days and three nights that He was dead, Jesus Himself explained in Matthew 12.40, "...For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth." Okay, so He actually told, let us know where He'd be, what would be happening. Alright? And this is also confirmed in Ephesians 4.9, which says, now this, He ascended, what does it mean, or why, uh, or why say that He ascended, Unless he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Amen. And this was a time of intense pain and suffering. Perhaps even more than the crucifixion itself. With Satan unleashing all of his fury upon him. For all the humiliation Jesus caused him during his earthly ministry. Do you understand now why he kept saying if there is any other way? Because he had done so much damage to the kingdom of darkness. They were waiting for some payback. And here he was three days, three nights in hell. And you know what? They all thought that he was there because he did something wrong. Interesting, isn't it? And so they just went to town with it. No one will ever really know, and this is the reason why I wrote that song, how much Jesus actually went through to redeem us back to God. And why it is so sad when people reject it and don't honor what was done, let alone receive all the blessings and the benefits from it. Jesus Christ died for our sins. That's what this is all about. And it was for the sins of all of mankind. And all he ever asks anyone to do is receive that. Do you know that's all you do? This isn't you know, people say, well, I don't know if I can come to church. is not about coming to church. This is about you receiving the sacrifice, receiving what God went through to redeem you. That's it. Amen. How difficult is that? The Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's as simple as it is. And that's how all of us got in. Amen. Let's have every head bowed as we conclude today. Every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for...